John chapter 13. John 13. Do you guys stand when you read the word? No, okay, that's okay. We do that in KM, but I'm going to go with your, however you guys do it. So John 13, 1 through 17. Read with me in your Bible. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put in into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garment, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to Jesus, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet. But it's completely clean. And you are clean. But not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right. For so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. This is the Word of God. Pray with me. Father, this is the living Word of God that changes us, that truly transforms us. And I pray, the Lord, that we would open our hearts to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me start with a story. Um, a few years ago, I read these books by Paul Miller. I think some of you probably know that person. Praying Life and Repentance. Uh, and they were very challenging to them. I really enjoyed and Paul is the author, um, and he's the son of uh, Jack and Rosemary Miller. And they're the founders of Surge Organization that produce the Gospel Center Life Curriculum. And some of you have gone through that. And so, you know, through Jack and Rosemary's uh, many gospel stories, I've heard about Paul. You know, they talk about their sons, right, and their children. And so I was familiar uh, with Paul, and I knew something about Paul. Two weeks ago, I was at a prayer conference, and the speaker was Paul Miller. Uh, I knew that, and I went. And so finally, I got to meet him personally, right? And I imagined him to be much younger, but he was an older gentleman, uh, somewhat frail. And so I began to spend time with him through his talks, lectures, during lunch, uh, during breaks, and after 
during our intimate dinner with four other guys, I got to know him as a friend. His second daughter passed away three months ago. And whenever he uh, talked about his family, especially his second daughter, he was just about to cry. It really broke my heart. And his youngest daughter, who has special needs, and I knew that from his book, and as he talked about her, I learned that she made him long for heaven, just like me. I asked whether his mother, Rosemary, was living. And yes, she was still a missionary in England, 95 years old. And just to hear so many gospel stories, and I also learned that the cross chart that is in the Gospels on life was his idea. So I thanked him. Man, I use it all the time. Uh, and during our dinner, I share some um, you know, current struggles that I have, senior pastor. In the middle of the meal, uh, Paul stopped and said, hey, let's pray for you. And he was uh, really applying praying life that he wrote about. <laughs> and I thought that was so great. And I couldn't believe it. And he asked another person to pray for me. But, you know, at that moment, he was not just an author. He became my mentor. At that moment, he was real. He was palpable. I was getting to know him intimately as he cared for me. You know, that's the essence of our Christian faith. It's not about going through some behaviors. It's not even knowing about Jesus Christ. We do that all the time, don't we? We hear the message, we read the Bible, and we know the works of Jesus Christ. We heard about his teachings. We have studied about his miracles. Do we really know the person of Jesus Christ? That's what Jesus desires with us. And the person is love. Jesus' story is about love. And as all of us are hungry for love, there is no perfect love other than what Jesus offers. And I want to say from our passage today, foot washing is a metaphor of love. So today I'd like to talk about three aspects of love from this passage. The weight of his love, the way of his love, and the wonder of his love. First, let us consider the weight of of his love. How important is this? What would you do if you knew you were going to die the next day? And that was a Jesus situation. When you look at verse 1, look in your Bible. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Whenever John talks about the hour. It is not talking about a chronological time. But Jesus' hour is always about the cross. And this is Jesus' final night. He knew he was going to die. What would you do? If it were me, I would be filled with fear and self-pity. Just totally focused on me. Oh, poor me. I'm going to die tomorrow. I'm going to miss my family. I'm going to miss my friends. But Jesus was not self-focused. He was not consumed by his own situation. 
He loved them to the end. In the original Greek, it means he loved them to the uttermost degree. There is no limitation to his love, no constraint. At the end of his life on earth, what he wanted to leave behind was love. So he thought about them, disciples, first. What's amazing about these disciples were what they were doing right before John 13. In the other Gospels, we see that they were busy arguing about who would be the greatest. They were clueless and so insensitive. And when you look at verse 2, it talks about Judas Iscariot, one who followed Jesus for three years. He experienced so many of the miracles. He heard the teaching. He saw the works of Jesus. And yet he was double-minded, eating and drinking with the group, all the while plotting to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And what did Jesus do? He washed their feet. He still loved he loved his ragtag disciples one more time to the end. Because that's what he came to do. That's what he wanted to leave behind. I want to ask, what motivated Jesus to love these clueless, ungrateful disciples? The clue have, uh, comes in verse 1. When you read verse 1, he says, having loved his own. There it is. His own. One person said the essence of Christianity is in personal pronouns. Jesus lived. Jesus died. Jesus resurrected. These statements do not change me. These statements do not save us. But Jesus lived for me. Jesus died for me. Jesus resurrected for me. And for all of us, that changes everything. Guess what? Christians belong to him. And I thank Pastor Michael, reminding our little ones, for you, Jesus died. For you, Jesus lived. For you, Jesus was resurrected. Disciples were his own. John 10, 3, the good shepherd lays down his life. For the sheep. John 15, 13. Greater love has no man than this. That a man lay down his life for his friends. The disciples were his sheep. His friends. His own. This morning I want to ask you. Are you his own? If you are a follower of Christ. I want you to know that you are his. And his love for you is Totally different from all other loves in the world. If you are struggling this morning, if you are discouraged this morning, you need to see, you need to experience, you need to believe Jesus' love for you. Jesus will never stop loving you. He is our faithful God. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. The God of the universe is loving his own. He's focused on his own. He zeroes in on us. And that love is his priority. Just as Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians 3, 8, 9, I pray this morning 
for all of us. That you might have power to comprehend. With all the saints, what is the breadth and length, height and depth. And to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. When you know this love of Christ, I want you to believe. Filled with God. Second, what is Jesus' love like? Let's consider the way of his love. Where is he going? How does he love? Jesus, who is mighty and glorious, God himself. Verse 3, Jesus says that the Father had given all things into his hands. Not Jesus, but John. He is everything. The highest title imaginable. And also master and rabbi in that culture and teacher. How did he love? He knelt. Rabbi, teacher, God who created heavens and earth, knelt to wash disciples' feet. Ultimate love goes down to your knees. Jesus' foot washing shows that his way of love is sacrifice, service, even doing the most despised thing. I want you to imagine this. I'm going to read from verse 4 and 5, and I'm going to use present tense. Okay? This is what it says. Jesus rises from supper. He lays aside his outer garments, taking a towel, ties it around his waist. Then he pours water into basin and begins to wash disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. The original Greek suddenly changes tense right here in these verses. What is John doing? John is slowing down to really capture every moment, movement of Jesus Christ. This is so important. Because this is so out of this world that John could not forget. For instance, I want you to understand, this is unthinkable to do in this culture. One writer said there is no other material during the time that talked about a person who is high up there would go down a slave and wash someone else's feet. Because this was only reserved for Gentile slaves. What did Jesus do? He became a slave. Kneeling, touching, rubbing, washing, smelly, dusty, dirty feet. He did not consider his comfort. He sacrifices preference for love. As Philippians 2, 6, 7 says, Jesus being God really emptied himself and became a servant even to the point of death. It's, 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 in a sense, this is prelude what he was going to do next day. That's Jesus' love for us. That's the way he's going to love us. He's not afraid to be engaged in our mess, in our ugliness, in our struggles between family members, between husband and wives, between parents and children. 
He's not afraid to be engaged in our addictions. Sinful habits. Jesus is not surprised. And he is willing to serve, kneel, to show his love to us. You know, there's a story. There's another story in this story. When you read from verse 6 through 11, there's Apostle Peter and there's Judas Iscariot. You know, big mouth Peter was watching all these activities, right? And Jesus washing the first disciple. And he washed the second disciple. But Jesus is just looking. And when Jesus came, and when he was his turn, he stopped Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you cannot wash my feet. I will never let you wash my feet. Don't you love his absolute term? Whenever somebody says, never, it will never get done. <laughs> he says, I will never deny you. And Peter denied Jesus three times. And he says, you will never wash my feet. And three seconds later, he changed his mind. And then asked Jesus to bathe him. Jesus washed, not 11, 12 pairs of feet. Dirty feet. Knowing Judas was a sellout. You know, what does his love say? Going on your knees means it is going beyond the attraction. That's not how we tend to love. We love when something is attractive to us. When it has value for me. When that person is able to make us feel significant. Or fulfill our hunger for the approval we need. Our human love takes value from others. Here in this story. Peter and Judas. One was foolish and the other was evil. And yet Jesus washed their dirty feet. Stinky feet. The reason? Jesus washed their feet. To give them value. Help them to see how worthy they are. Jesus is not about what have you done for me lately. How do you make me feel good about myself? No. Jesus has everything. Jesus knows who he is. In God, with God, of God. And he is not interested in how attractive we look. How our successes bring him glory. How our ministry helps him. Because he does not need us. Recently, I was touched by a Facebook post that an ANCC mom wrote to our son as he turned one. She said in her post, To realize just how deep my love can go. How easy it can be to sacrifice. And how joyful it can be to be selfless. Because she loves him. Like this. Jesus' way of love is joyfully selfless and willingly sacrificial. Interest in our growth, in our fullness to the point of giving up his life for us on the cross. Lastly, Jesus washing his disciples' feet shows us the wonder of his love. What was behind Jesus' action? Sure, he was loving his disciples. But for what end? It was to bless them. Their love was to change their perspectives about people. It was to give his disciples a new vision for what life can be. That we as sinners 
broken, selfish, takers, that we are able to love others. And this is wonderful. Look at verse 14 through 17. It reads, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. You know the word right there, blessed, means happy, joyful. So Jesus was saying, if you realize what I am saying and who I am and how high I am and how I came down low to serve you, I'm calling you to represent me and serve with me. And your life will totally change. You will be glad and you will be joyful. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is saying that our deepest joys in life are not when we have high positions or when people are praising us. But it is when we are able to love people for who they are. Give them the value that God created them for. And serve them to the point where we are actually washing, wiping, touching their stinky feet. That's the picture that Jesus is giving us. It's a glorious life. But I had to wonder, can I really do that? Because the last few years I learned as a senior pastor, when I do not humble myself, kneeling before people. God's church suffers. When I as a father, husband, that when I do not kneel and touch my family's feet. They will hurt. There will be divisions. The wonder is that God has called us to do that because He has loved us the same way. What would happen if we start kneeling in our communities? What would happen if we as representative of Jesus Christ, start kneeling before our co-workers. What would happen if we start kneeling with one another in our families? You know, it's not that easy. I remember a few years ago, as an application from my Bible study, I used to ask one question to my family members, especially to my boys. Whenever I saw them, I said, how can I serve you? Not how can I help you. I said, how can I serve you today? It was very hard. <laughs> and it did not last very long. <laughs> but truly for followers of Christ, that is our calling. And how do we do that? Let me remind you two things. It, it is not our effort. The secret is in this passage. One is, know that you are justified. Know that you are already bathed. That's what Jesus told Peter. I do not need to bathe you because you are completely clean. Except Judas. 
You got to be sure of your justification. That is our identity. If you follow Jesus Christ in Christ, we are forever justified. We can stand before God. And in Christ, we can say, God, I love you. And he will accept. Accept us. And second, this is the key. Daily, get your feet washed by Jesus. If we are going to serve, if we are going to love and be the representative, daily get your feet washed by Jesus. Meaning, repent and believe his word again. You repent and believe the gospel again. And as Jesus wipes away, as Jesus once again cleanses all of our filth, all of our dirt and dust away, we will be able, we will be able to truly be his representatives in this world. Last three years of pastoring All Nations Church, one definite, one definite change has been that I have been doing many many funerals. And I'm honored. I'm honored that I get to comfort the family and talk about eternity before people. Our church has many wonderful, respectful elderly people. And of course, these funerals are not just about elderly, but all ages. I'm doing two funerals tomorrow. Two elders from our church. And all funerals have one common thing. Love is the only thing that lasts. Brothers your degrees, your accomplishments, achievements, even your career, and even ministries, they do not matter much other than one-liner, if there is any in your bio. But as Jesus has shown, if we have loved, if we have knelt, if we have served in Jesus' name, surely that lasts forever. Jesus knelt to love us. Jesus knelt to love you. So pastors and leaders, small group leaders, let us kneel. Supervisors, managers, kneel to serve. Moms and dads, big brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, let us kneel before our family members and love as Jesus continues to love us every single day. I invite you to that. Wonderful life as Jesus is inviting us. Let us pray. Amen. Father God, thank you for loving us completely unconditionally that you are not afraid of our mess that you do understand that our feet dirty that we struggle with life that we have sinned 
again and again. And yet we come to you asking that you would wash our feet. And Father, as you have given us the vision for that love, for that life of blessing, would you help our ANCC to truly be the representatives of this love? That we will not be afraid to kneel, not be afraid to what people will say, but truly live upside down kingdom. They're not caring about some honor, about how high we go, about how people give us the approval, but because you have washed, because we are totally justified in Christ, they will be bold and courageous to truly do the unexpected, undesirable, kneel before our families, kneel before our church members, then kneel before this world to wipe, to wash, to love them as you have done to us. Thank you for washing